here we are in our basement. Once again. Episode. I'm losing track. <laughs> I think it's 12. You made fun of me last week for forgetting, I which is did. now very hilarious. You didn't forget. Yeah. You had the right number. You called it an episode. It was really a part, but oh, okay. details. My bad. Yeah. That's our retraction from last week. <laughs> but we, we are Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church for people who don't normally go to church. Uh, we are glad you're checking us out today. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, if, hey, question. Yeah. So if I'm new and I'm watching this right now, mm -hmm. well, I'm also Monica, Aaron. It's nice to meet you Hi. virtually. Yeah. It's nice to virtually meet you. Um, so if I'm new, like what's, what's, what am I going to experience here these next minutes? What's going on? Yeah. What is the deal? Welcome. What is the dealio? Yes. Uh, we, um, actually this church was planted in 2017, the fall of 2017. Um, it hasn't always looked like this, but it looks like this now. So right now we're on demand. We post our episodes on Saturdays. You can go back and check them out. There's 11 other ones. Um, but we write this episode, we're just going to chat for a second and then we're going to pass it off to our friend, John, who's the pastor, lead pastor of the church. And he's going to talk about our new series, mm -hmm. which is called a better way. So this is episode one, no yes. part, part one, one of there. I did it. See part one This is episode 11 mm -hmm, of a better way. And it's just been interesting to see, um, how God has kind of laid out all of these different topics for us to be talking about. Uh -huh. Last week we talked about um, what church is really for. So mm -hmm. if you didn't check out um, that episode, go back and do it on your spare time. Um, but that's what you need to know about us. We're going to say hi. We're kind of like your hosts mm -hmm. uh, for the church episode. And we'll come back on the end and we'll do a giveaway, which is our favorite part. Um, so be sure to stick around for that. There's times in the um, description if you want to see when things uh, really happen, mm. uh, but we're going to do that at the end. So we always do a giveaway and we're really excited about this week's um, giveaway and the next week's giveaway. Mm. So check that out. And if you're a family and you've got wee ones, uh, we do have resources for kids also, and we'll put a link in the description. Uh, check that out, but it's yourcrosscreek.com slash kids. Mm. And there's videos for kids ages one zero to basically middle school. That's lots going on. Kind of feels like we're being pulled in two different directions mm -hmm. right now. It, it does. It can be very, it feels very polarizing. Mm -hmm. um, I've had some, I've personally had some pretty sweet moments of like unity and coming together, even on issues that um, like me and the other person may not necessarily agree on. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that can be one of the things that comes out of this as we have that posture of listening and we can realize like, maybe we're not always right about everything. Mm -hmm. And there's always another side to the story. So just the idea of listening and, and hearing people, but it does leave us with this feeling of like, we can do better. Yeah. Like, we can do things better. Yep. So the question that we're going to talk about today is. How's it look? Yeah. How, what's step one? So this is step one um, of a better way. So John's going to talk to us for a little while. And then we'll be back. Yep. We'll see you in a bit. Yep. So we'll see you in a bit. To you, John. <sighs> Are you like me right now? Just dealing with trying to figure out what you're feeling, uh, what you're even really thinking, uh, trying to figure out even what you should do, what you shouldn't do. There's so much kind of chaos right now, so much division. And even before things got super crazy in the last week, we're filming this on Wednesday. Who knows what happens between now and Saturday when we pre when we uh, show this to the world. But there's just so much going on. And even before all of this, I mean, tell me what you think. 
Well, <laughs> you can't because, you know, camera and all. But often, and no matter what the issue was or is, it really, at least in our culture, it feels like there's two sides, right? There's two sides pulling at us. And there's two sides fighting for our loyalty. No matter what the issue, there's there's this side and there's this side. And we have to pick one. And once we pick one, we have to be loyal to that one. And we have to believe everything they believe. And we can't talk bad about anybody in that one. Or we can't disagree with anybody in that one. And we have to be against the people and the ideas of the other side. And we can't say anything good about them because then that would weaken our side. Right? Have you have you have you felt that? <laughs> I know I know I have. And we once you pick a side, you have to blame the other side for everything that's wrong in our society, everything that's wrong in our culture, right? It's it's their fault. They're trying to convince me. They're trying to force things their way. You know, we're right. If only they would listen to us, then everything would be okay. But that hasn't worked, right? That hasn't worked since this country started and we had two political parties that we had to choose from. And they've changed names and they've changed ideas because the world's changed. But it's always been this us against them idea. And it hasn't worked. And you know why it doesn't work? Because our prolonged polarization, read this slowly, it's some long words. Our prolonged polarization has turned into a chaos of division. That's how I would describe what I'm seeing on the, the TV screens right now. A chaos of division that's been created by our prolonged polarization. It's either this or this. It's turned neighbors against each other. It's turned families against each other. It's even turned Jesus followers against each other. But you know what? It doesn't work. This polarization doesn't work because it's a lie. It is not us versus them. It is not me versus you. It's not the only way that I win is if they lose. That's not reality. And so how, what do we do? How do we move forward in this polarized time? I got good news. There's a better way. There's a more excellent way. There's a way forward that makes room for everyone. And the answer has been in front of us all along. The answer has been there the whole time. See, there's a way that changed the world 2,000 years ago. It's a way that stripped the Roman Empire of its power and its fear, its terror. There's a way that destroyed religious oppression. There's a way that obliterated deeply entrenched racial and social divisions. There's a way that even ended the worldwide slave trade. And it's the only way that can truly change things now. The only way that can give us a lasting change now. And it doesn't say we're in and you're out, and just agree with us, and then everything will be okay. No, it's, it says everyone is welcome. No matter what your background, no matter what your experience, no matter what your viewpoint. And it has nothing to do with winning and losing. It's a way that allows you, me, individually, to actually make a difference. It's, it's a way that we, as a group, Jesus followers are not church, community, it's a way that we as a group can truly transform our society. Now, Jesus follower or not, I want to tell you, what we're about to talk about is what you are invited to. If you're a Jesus follower, this is what you were created to do. If you're not a Jesus follower, this is what we are inviting you to be a part of. 
a way, this is a way that is offered to everyone. And it's a way that Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks about in what we call the book of Romans, specifically a chapter in Romans called Romans 12. And we call it a book, it's a letter Paul wrote to ancient Jesus followers in the city of Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire. And he's writing to these Jesus followers, telling them what it's like, what it means to follow Jesus in the center of world power at that time. The center of world power. Does that kind of sound like maybe a country that we're a part of? He's writing to these Romans, these Roman Christians, probably around AD 57, so almost close to only 20 years after Jesus was doing his ministry and died and rose again. And the Roman Empire really is, is a lot like today. A lot like the culture we're in today, if you think about it. There was a huge social divide. Maybe more than now, but maybe not. A huge social divide. In fact, um, you, you know the, the archaeological digs of Pompeii, where the volcano came and encased everybody in ash, and they had their bodies preserved and stuff. In one of the rooms in Pompeii, there were two sides to a room. With, with bodies kind of lining it as they were waiting to hopefully the ash would pass, but it didn't, and they passed away. One side, they did DNA tests and checked all the jewelry and all that. One side was the poor, the slaves, the servants. And on the other side was the aristocrats, the, not aristocrats, the aristocrats and the rich. And they had separated themselves by social class in the moment of their death. That was the divide in the Roman Empire. Social divides. Uh, there's a racial divide. You see it all throughout the New Testament writings, this divide between Gentiles, non-Jews, and Jews, where they just couldn't seem to get along with each other. The, and, and inside each of those groups were different religious factions and uh, different viewpoints where they would fight with each other over their views and their lifestyles and, and their beliefs. And so what Paul's doing, he's writing to these people living in that polarized culture. And he's telling them, there's a better way. There is a way that can bring change. And from what we've seen in history, they listened. And they did bring change. They ended the terror of the Roman Empire. And so here's what Paul says. And I think we can apply it to us now. <clears throat> here's what he says in Romans 12. He said, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead, I beg, and this is important, please listen to this. I plead with you to give your bodies God. That sounds weird. Here's what it means. Give your bodies. Give everything you are. Give everything you do. Give even your thoughts and your feelings to God. Give yourself to God. And what that means is, what he's saying is a Jesus follower's identity, who we are, who we are at a core, what we make our decisions through, it isn't a political party. Jesus followers' identity is not a political party. It's not loyalty to a politician. It's not a nation, and it's not even a race. A Jesus followers' identity is Jesus. That is our identity as Jesus followers. We identify with Jesus. A Jesus follower's loyalty is to God. Number one loyalty is to God and his kingdom. Why? I mean, that's huge. Why can we say that's that's what we're about? That's what we need to be known in. That's our identity. That's our loyalty. Why? <clears throat> Paul goes on. Because of all he, God, through Jesus, has done for you. Because of all God has done for you. That's why we can give all of ourselves to him. Because he gave all of himself 
for us. That is our a Jesus followers motivation. That is our empowerment. It's our gratitude to what God has done. And that's the core of Christianity, that God gave his rights and his life for us. God who created the universe, God who created stars a million times bigger than our sun, gave up his rights for us daily to be a human, to serve humanity in, in stinking villages in ancient Israel, gave up his rights as God to love us, and then ultimately die for us. I mean, it's it's so amazing, it's, it's hard to believe. That's why a lot of people say, well, I just can't, you know, Jesus was great, but how could God do that? That's why. I understand that's hard to believe, but that's the core of Christianity, that God did that for us. And so a our loyalty is to a God who loves us so much that he was for us, that he gave up all of himself for us. And so in gratitude, we give our lives to a God that would be willing to do that. And it's because of this truth that we can do that. Paul goes on. He says, let them, our bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he, God, will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Because of our gratitude for who God is and what he did, everything we are, everything we do, is given to him, given to his plans, given to his purposes, given to his kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. And that is worship. See, worship isn't just singing songs that makes us feel good. It's, it's good to sing songs to God and express ourselves through music. Worship is not just doing a study after study and learning more and more and more about God, which is good to learn about God. And it's not just trying not to do naughty things and be a good little Christian. That's not worship. Those are good, but those are mostly for us, right? When you, when you sing those songs, who feels good? You do. It's a gift God gives to us to make us be in awe of how much he loves us. See, real worship, true holiness and worship is living a life that reflects Jesus' love. That's what Paul's saying. That's what worship is, reflecting Jesus' love with your life. And how do we do that? It's not, it's not trying harder. Right? We think, oh, if I just believe harder, or I just study more and do more good things. It's not trying harder. It's not disengaging from the mess and being like, oh, let them figure it out, and you know, we'll be over here in our holy little huddle. It's not just sending positive vibes and liking things on Facebook or Instagram. And it's not just simply voting differently. Paul gives us a, a don't do this and a do this. So his don't do. How do we worship? Well, don't do this, he says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Now, there's a lot there, but by behavior and customs, really the root is don't copy the pattern of thinking of the culture around us. Cultures aren't good or bad, but cultures aren't from God. They're what we have created. Don't copy the pattern of thinking of what's around you. For the Romans, it was, you know, look out for yourself. Might makes, might makes right. Look out for your own family, your own people. For us, what's our culture like? Well, everyone's labeled, right? Conservative, liberal, far right, far left, Democrat, Republican. We're labeled. And then they say, well, pick your label. 
pick your side. Be polarized. And once you're on that side, hate the other side. Think about it. Yes, hate. That's a strong word, right? But hate. Think about it. What does our culture do to those they disagree with? What does our culture do to those they disagree with? They try to destroy them. Maybe they don't go out and, and kill them, maybe sometimes, but they try to destroy their reputation. Right? They, they focus just on the facts that make them look good and make their other group, the other group, look bad. They listen only to people that are speaking their own opinions back at them. They mock. They belittle. They insult in order to dehumanize the people they disagree with. Paul's saying, stop. Don't copy that. A Jesus follower does not copy that. I can remember when I was a teacher. I used to be a middle school teacher, and in the and I was super political. I was a history teacher, so you can guess, you know, politics, American history, all that kind of stuff. And so I would get in the teacher's lounge, and we would talk politics. And we would do knockdown, drag-out fights about politics in the teacher's lounge because, you know, we, we got to let off some steam, middle school kids. And I would argue vehemently, very much my opinion. And I, and I realized, you know what? I would, I would argue politics, and then as a Jesus follower, I'd want to talk about Jesus, and, the, and they wouldn't listen to my opinion. Why? Because I had pushed them so far away from trusting me, from understanding me, because I have my politics that they didn't want to hear about my Jesus. They couldn't see the love of Jesus in me because they could only see the hate or the anger in my politics. I wasn't willing to listen to them, only push my opinion on them. And Paul's saying, don't do that. That's not what a Jesus follower is for. And what he says next is key to all of this. He says, so don't copy the customs of, of the world around you, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing what you do. No. By changing the songs you sing. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. See, when somebody becomes a Jesus follower, it, God comes into their life and makes them a new person. Paul said, when, when, when somebody becomes a Jesus follower, the old is gone and the new is here. A new person that is constantly and, and consistently and more and more transforming into being a clearer and clearer, a brighter and brighter reflection of Jesus. Not of their culture, of Jesus. And it starts with our thinking. It starts with how we judge the reality around us, how we, how we feel about things around us, how we perceive the people, the events around us. See, we, we start seeing people, we start seeing the world, we start seeing arguments, we start seeing the culture, the society differently. We start seeing all of those things, not through our worldly eyes that everyone else sees things through, but through God's eyes. We start assuming the best of people. We start assuming the best of our enemies, not the worst. We, start, we, we, we stop looking for uh, hidden motives and reading between the lines and everything's got to be, maybe in our culture, a, a political reason behind what they said and all of that. No. We stop seeing people as what they are in their lowest, most hurtful point. We start seeing people as they can be, which is what 
God did for you when he sent Jesus to die for you. See, just because others win doesn't mean I lose. <laughs> you can be for people, before them, before they are even for you. Even if they're never for you, you can be for them. The biblical writers say that the rain that, that grows crops falls on the evil and the good. You can be for people, even if they're never for you, just like God is. See, when you start transforming, your goal is not to win for your side, not to win an argument. Your goal is to listen to an individual, to understand them, and to love them. And when you do that, here's what's amazing. When you do that counterintuitive thing of not arguing your position, it's amazing how your opinion starts to matter to people. How you start being listened to more because you've listened to them and they're willing to listen to you. And once we do that, once we start transforming because of Jesus changing our thinking, then the answer of what do I do now, that will come. See, transforming our individual thinking, you, you, me, transforming our individual thinking is the first step to transforming our society as a whole. And Paul goes on. He says, do this. Let, let your mind be transformed by God. Then, once you do that, once you're willing to do that, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will. Not, you know, what job should I get? Who should I marry? What major should I have? What's God's will for my life? You want to know what God's will for your life? Jesus said it. It's super simple. And we just skip it. What does God want you to do? Jesus said the two things God wants you to do. Love God with everything you are. Give your bodies to God. Love God with everything you are. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's God's will for your life. That's what we call the law of love. God wants you to love him and love others as yourself. God's will for you is to love him and love your neighbor as yourself. And they're so entwined, you can't pull them apart. You can't love God and not love the people that he made. You can't love God and not love the people that he loved so much he died for them. You can't love God and not love his children. And when you love God, you love others. Their pain becomes your pain. Their success becomes your success. Their hopes and dreams become your hopes and dreams. When you let God transform your mind and your thinking, you will know the answer to what does love look like? Because that is your goal, is to show Jesus' love. And so if it hasn't gotten awkward yet, we're about to step way into it. We're going to wade into the water. Here we go. Jesus follower. If you're not a Jesus follower, I hope you're still watching. Check this out. Jesus follower. When people look at you, what do they see more of? Do they see your culture, your political party, your, your, your bent, your, part, your camp? Do they see your culture or do they see your king? What do they see more of? See, the first Christians refused to swear loyalty to any empire, to any emperor, to any culture. And they were hated for it. And they were killed for it. Yes, they, they submitted to authority. Paul constantly says in the New Testament writings to submit to the authority above you because God gave them that power. They submitted to authority, but their allegiance, their lives, their bodies 
We're loyal to one king. The one king. Their motives were to honor him because of his love. Their motives were not to promote their views. Not to gain power and exert power over people to change society for good. They loved people. That's why Christians were the ones that when plagues hit cities, they stayed. And they took care of the sick. That's why when, when Romans, this is very, when Romans would leave babies that might have deformities or were unwanted, they would leave them on the side of the road and let nature take care of them. That's why Christians would go, go behind them and take those babies and adopt them and bring them into their home and raise them in love. Because they had given everything for the king of love. They refused, refused to be defined by class, to be defined solely by race, to be defined only by their nationality. They were defined and united by loyalty to the king of love and loyalty to each other. Loyalty to the kingdom of heaven. Laws, politicians, yes, they're important, especially in our culture. We're blessed to be able to vote and have a voice. But that's not the ultimate answer. Yes, yes vote for who you think will bring in a kingdom more of love. Yes, bring, vote for the laws that you think will help change society, be more fair, more just, however you think that is. We have a blessing to bring that change through our voices. But that is not the ultimate deeper answer. Because that hasn't worked yet, has it? We are still here. We've been able to vote this whole time, but we're still in this mess. See, the ultimate answer, the answer is people transformed by the love of Jesus living out that love to their neighbors. That's the answer. It's so simple, but we haven't fully tried it yet, have we? The answer is people transformed by the love of Jesus, living out that love to their neighbors. And so you might be asking, where do we start? Great question. Where do we start? Allow your thinking to be transformed. I have a, a little assignment, a little challenge, a little invitation if you're not a Jesus follower, I invite you to try this. You don't have to believe Jesus is God to try this. You just, if you believe Jesus was a wise thinker, a teacher, I think this will still help you. Allow our thinking to be transformed. I'm going to challenge all of us. For a week, every day for a week, read Jesus' words. Read Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 3 through 10, once a day for a week. In the show notes, you're going to see a downloadable or printable thing that can show you what we're talking about. But we call these the Beatitudes. It's basically Jesus saying, if you want to be happy, do these things. That's bonus points, right? The bonus of doing this is Jesus saying, blessed are the, meaning if you want to be happy, do these things. This is, the, this is Jesus' teachings kind of summarized. And in this, often if you're a Jesus follower church person, you've, you've done this. You say, you read these Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are, and you say, yeah, you know, that's nice. That's a nice goal and all, but that to Jesus? <laughs> like, you can't give wiggle room. Jesus doesn't leave wiggle room. He's saying, this is the facts. Blessed are you. Happy are you if you do these things. Read those once a day for a week. And then, lovingly engage with those who are different than you. Lovingly engage with those who are different than you. Seek out different viewpoints and listen to them. Viewpoints that are different from yours. And just don't try to argue, don't try to debate, don't try to win them over. Ask, what are they saying? Where is that coming from? What is their experience? Be for them. See, people who are nothing like Jesus, 
loved being around Jesus because they knew he was for them and he listened to them. Find somebody who has a different viewpoint and buy them lunch. I mean, there's, hey, if your viewpoint's different than mine, buy me some lunch. I will talk to you and I will eat and it will be great. But buy them a meal and eat that with them and it, it can change society if we do that one at a time. And a little side thought, what do your social media posts say about your love? What do your social media posts say? See, social media, we can, we can disparage it and all that, but it's really the new public square where people are saying their thoughts. What do your posts say about your love? So before you hit post, before you hit send, before you hit tweet, ask, is this what love looks like? Take a minute. Take an hour. Ask a trusted person. There were a few uh, tweets and messages I wanted to post this week. And I, God let me ask my wife, should I post this? And she said, no. <laughs> and it was wise. Ask somebody you trust, should you post? Is this what love looks like? But it might start small and it might be slow, but there is a way forward. There is a better way than just us versus them. There's a better way than hatred and tribalism. There is a love that has the power to turn enemies into brothers and sisters. There's a God who calls every one of us his children, a God who created all of us in his image. He showed the worth of each and every one of us by choosing to die for us. And no matter what race, culture, political leaning, we can stand together in loyalty to our King of love and in our loyalty to each other. We can either be part of the problem or we can be the solution. And it starts with transforming our thinking through the love of Jesus. Because honestly, the most powerful force for change in the world are individuals choosing to love like Jesus. It is this powerful love that, that let a former slave ship captain write these words in 1772. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. God, give us your eyes to see. This is the time of the episode where we get to give stuff away. Yay. And this week is a $25 gift certificate. I can talk. You can. Let me try that again. $25, $25 gift certificate to Ace Hardware, yeah. your local Ace Hardware. Why do you have you an live. Ace, like, oh, this, name tag? Uh, my, wife, my wife gave it to me a long time ago. This, yeah. this is the nickname I gave myself. 
There is an hilarious story about Monica's grandmother when I met her and told her that fact, but it does include a word that we can't say probably on air. Uh, but it's in the Bible. But it's a great story. Every anyway, grandmother should use that word. <laughs> the winner this week of oh. the Ace Hardware gift certificate is <laughs> Stephanie T. Stephanie T, you better be ready to get your project on. You're gonna be going to your local Ace Hardware and you're gonna be getting some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's this week's winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you stuffing your shirt with a... This is my napkin. Oh, okay. I'm getting ready for next week's giveaway. Okay. Does it work? It's got lobsters and fish on it. And crab. Ooh, nice. Our, lo- our next giveaway. Yeah. Uncle Troy's Barbecue in Kaiser. Uh, yeah, it's a food truck over there. We're gonna actually, our plans. This is Thursday, we're recording this on Thursday and that's a night Monica usually doesn't like to cook and we like to support our local restaurants. So we're gonna head over there probably and get some stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, barbecue. Looks like they've got, um, we were looking at some stuff online. Some uh, mac and cheese and some other good stuff to eat. Brisket, so, um, ribs. Is, I, I'm a sucker for brisket. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. that is our giveaway for next week. And um, so how you can enter to win that is... Yes. Um, because answer, that's important. Enter to win, and we'll just keep this train rolling if you've watched the last couple episodes. Um, a Facebook reaction of a positive sort are um, worth one entry, <laughs> and a comment is worth two entries. So if you comment on YouTube or Facebook, you get your name in the drawing two times. So that's lovely. So enter to win your $25 uh, gift certificate to Uncle Troy's Barbecue. It's one of the businesses you can support during this time. Uh, we're really excited to be able to feature them. Mm-hmm. And my mouth is already watering, yeah. thinking about barbecue. That's right. Real barbecue. Yep. Check out their Facebook page. We'll link it. We always link the businesses below in the show notes. So check out the business, support your local business right Please now. Please do, yep. So, um, so important. Um, so if you can also, you know, one way you can comment to um, enter the drawing is to comment your own business you're supporting right now, yes. like a local yep. Salem or Uncle Troy's is Kaiser. We're for Kaiser. Yep. For Kaiser too. Also, you know, we didn't do this. Hashtag before. also for Kaiser. Also for Kaiser. So just hashtag, you know, hashtag for Kaiser. You could even comment your business in Florida that you are supporting. We sure. don't want to leave the Floridians out. Nope. Yeah. So comment to win. Support your local businesses. Um, and the last thing I want to say, actually, there's two more things. Yeah. John mentioned the um, Beatitudes download card. Um, check that out. It's in the show notes. If you don't have a printer at home, we'll make um, a cell phone background that you oh, can excellent. also download. Okay. And you can just set it as your cell phone, um, what they call it, wallpaper? Yeah. Lock screen. For the week. Does it do lock screens anymore? Anyway, you can set that there and then you'll see it. So you can read the Beatitudes once a day for a week mm-hmm. and just see how God transforms transforms you mm-hmm. whether you follow jesus or not they're excellent excellent words by jesus so yep. we'll make those available in a pretty way for you um and then sign up for a group so we're almost done with phase one hopefully in marion county yeah and one of the ways cross creek is deciding to slowly reopen is by opening back up our small groups we call them connect groups mm-hmm. aaron's actually in charge of them but i'll talk about them because i'm on a roll you are yeah Proceed, so madame. sign up at this link if you want to join a connect group. You don't have to go to Cross Creek to be no. in a connect group. You don't have to follow Jesus to be in a connect group. Nope. It's a place to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, samples of the questions that connect groups talk about will be coming up soon on the screen. Basically processing uh, 
the information that we're taking in on the weekend and processing them with other people. Mm -hmm. So, and now we can do it in live and real ways. If you aren't comfortable yet being um, socially distant, proximate to people, mm -hmm. uh, we'll have options for people who want to just do those for via Zoom or via a Facebook group. We have options for you. It's yep. really important in this time to be connecting. Um, it's really great to be processing what we're learning. Mm -hmm. And that's just one way for you to do that. So yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Support your local business. If you're new, let us know. Please. Read the questions. Yep. Join a group. Welcome eat some card. food. All that. We'll see you next week. Yep. Not together for Salem. Oh. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> Good job. <laughs> Oh yeah. Together oh yeah, we're together for Salem. Salem. Oh. Oh. Questions.